defying all hatred be the love beyond toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And I'd like to begin by inviting you just to get centered with us. And so if it feels safe, take a moment just to take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, letting anything go that you're ready to let go of in this moment. And just take another moment to take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, feeling your body as a whole Whatever you're sitting on or laying on, standing on, just feel your body in this moment. And take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, knowing that you always have your breath to come back to. And so today we have Deborah Christie Love with us. A near-death experience at a young age began Deborah's awakened spiritual journey. Deborah tunes into energy fields and spirit for messages that will assist you in your daily life. Deborah shares spiritual insights in her client readings and empowers others to be happy, healthy, and free within themselves. Deborah is a certified hypnotist and past life regressionist. Deborah also is a quantum touch practitioner and Reiki master and teacher. She enjoys creating art and music. And you can find her album, Love Will Find a Way, is available for download. She is also the author of the book, There is Love, My Near-Death Experience and Beyond, which can also be purchased on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. So thank you so much for being here today, Deborah. It sounds like you've had quite the journey. Yeah, it, it, it has been quite the journey. Um, I, I wrote most of my spiritual journey within my book, but now that's been a couple of years. So as you know, it just continues. <laughs> and uh, lots of changes going on now. So it's more interesting than ever, I think. Beautiful. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to write your book? Um, well, I didn't actually remember most of my near-death experience until I was older. When I came back, I knew that um, 
something had happened. I tried to talk about it a little bit. And as I felt myself trying to tell them about this great place, um, I could almost feel it being deleted. And I realized when I was older, after I remembered most of it, that um, it was for protection. You know, it was because it was so amazing there and I still had to grow up here. And the thought of that and the, the contrast was just too hard. I would not have wanted to remain here because I didn't actually want to come back <laughs> um, even then. But the contrast would have been so great. It would have made it even more difficult. But the thing is, the subconscious remembers everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always thought, you know, I feel different than everybody. I felt older than everybody when I was young, even at a young age. Um, you know, even if I heard my parents arguing and stuff, I'd always think to myself, this is so stupid. How come I know this? Why don't they know this? You know, um, things like that. And I'd be around kids that were older than me and I still feel like, I feel like I'm older than them. I know I'm not, but you know, it just, it just always was there. There was always these differences and I always question things and I look around and see people not questioning things. <laughs> mm. And so that, that was the major difference. I think for me is that. I, I came here to question everything and plant those seeds to make others question things and, and think about things more thoroughly. And so tell us, tell me um, a little bit about what that experience has been like when you found yourself questioning things, how did that lead you to remember your, your near death experience? Well, when I was, when I had the experience, I was only four. So when I came back from that, um, it wasn't very long before my my guide, my one main guide who's always been with me, um, introduced himself to me and started talking in my head to me. He didn't show himself at that point. I He knew that would frighten me, but I could feel where he was in the room and I could hear him clearly. And he told me all kinds of things. And sometimes I'd tell my mom and sometimes she didn't want to hear what I said. And, you know, and then it just seemed like I didn't know that wasn't normal. That just was an everyday thing and but then I started finding that it just got me in trouble mostly <laughs> so at that point I told my mom something she didn't want to hear and it actually happened and you know it wasn't what she wanted and when I said well let me check because she wasn't reacting the way I wanted to because to me it felt really loving it felt like I'm so happy I can tell you these things that I think you should hear and she reacted like you know, why don't you believe me? And I said, well, I believe you, but it's not going to happen. And, you know, and I said, let me check. And then I kind of tuned into my guide and said, not anytime soon. And she got really mad and upset and crying. And I think she got afraid because she's like, you know, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I don't know. And I just started crying. So to me, it turned something good into something scary and, and like, what am I doing wrong? So I think not long after that, I kind of tried to tune it out. You know, it was always there, but I still didn't focus on it so much. And I tried more to tune it out. And then when I got older, I decided, you know, once my kids got older and I, I was about getting closer to 40, I decided that, you know, I need to get that back. I had this wonderful thing going that I remember clearly. And um, many things had happened between then and, you know, being almost 40. But I didn't tell most people. It would usually happen and they think oh maybe i should have told them that like no and if i did bring anything like that up usually they would change the subject really quickly and pretend i never said anything 
So you get that reaction enough, mm-hmm. you just stop. You just stop doing it, you know. But I wanted to get to the bottom of it. I thought I felt lonely in a way, and I thought there's got to be other people out there. And I looked for a class, and I found a class, a psychic development class, and met other people that you know were into the same thing and had these same experiences. And I finally felt like, okay, I'm home. I finally mm. meet these other people. And then I started remembering and, and meditating and working with my guide and remembered my whole experience except for the one part where I met ascended master Sanat Kamara and that was the very last one of the last things that happened in my experience and he came down from wherever you know he is he's pretty up there came down and talked to me and even when I remembered it it's funny because he said one of the last things he said when he got up to leave was you probably won't remember this you'll need a trigger and I'm, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. And he said to me, your children will always be looked after. You know, I'm a kid and I'm thinking, huh, children. I guess I'm having children someday. <laughs> <laughs> and so he walked away and I did forget that part. And when I remembered everything else, that part was missing. And so the teacher of that class was doing readings for a living. And so I, I paid for a reading and she knew I'd had this near-death experience and during the reading, she said, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to say this to you. She said, your children will always be looked after. And it was just like, I got hit with a stick in the side of the head. And I was like, oh, my God. And she goes, who did you talk to when you were up there? <laughs> so it just came back with this jolt. And it was like, oh, yeah. And I didn't actually remember his name at the time. But I looked him up because I no course knew what he looked like. And it was definitely Sanat Kumara who was also known as Master Venus. So, yeah, that kind of completed the whole thing. And um, so that's how that happened. But it was, it was kind of interesting because, you know, hypnosis is real. I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened to me. It's like they took that memory and gave it back with this trigger. And, um, yeah, so it was complete. And then I knew I had to you know, my journey later in this life was to write about it and tell about it and try to get people to realize there's no such thing as death. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, tell us a little bit about how that has changed your path and your trajectory, just remembering that and what that has done for you in your life. Well, as I said, um, I was always guided and I just learned to trust that guiding. You know, because there's times when you get a message or guidance and it doesn't make sense in your head at the time. And you kind of think, what's that about? You know, and you don't listen. And I, I tell my clients this too. It's like, you know, you either um, learn to listen or three days later you wish you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even when it doesn't make sense sometimes, you know, I, I would listen to it now. And they start teaching you that with little things. They don't do it with major things, you know. You're in the store somewhere and it's like you keep feeling like I need to buy this, I need to buy this, and you have no idea why. <laughs> but two days later, that's exactly what you need. And like I said, you either go, Oh, I wish I'd bought that, <laughs> mm. or you think, Oh, I'm so glad I listened, you know. Mm. So that's how it started out. But it was also with major things. You know, I got told things when I was five that, you know, you're gonna live in this house across the street and blah blah blah. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. You're five, who cares? You know. And happens you know 20 years later you're going oh yeah I remember 
remember you told me about that, you know? Um, and that's how so many things were. It was like I would get these kind of roadmap things or pieces of my puzzle. And I get them at the weirdest times. And they would usually happen. And it could be three months or it could be five years. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. <laughs> but my guidance was always right for me. And so I just learned to listen even when it doesn't make sense or people don't believe you. It's like, I, I just have to listen. <laughs> it sounds like just really tuning into your own intuition. And, and it sounds like it's been a process to really tune into that. Um, mm. I, I really love that. Just, you know, being able to trust your intuition and recognize that you are on the path, whether or not it's, you know, the little things or the big things, when you tune into that, there is alignment and trust starts to build trust with your, your own intuition. Now you mentioned, um, there's nothing you realize through your near death experience that, that there's no such thing as death. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I mean, it really took the fear away. And I think that's one of the biggest fears people have. I hear it so many times. I belong to so many groups on Facebook for near-death experiencers. And there's so many people that write in, you know, that's my biggest fear. I'm so afraid of death. I can't hardly um, live my life because I'm always afraid. It's like, just stop. You know, you have to realize there's no such thing. Yes, we go to another place, but guaranteed it's usually better than this place <laughs> and you won't want to come back usually uh, at least not for a while um so you know it don't let it prevent you from doing things the other thing i feel is that's really important not to fear that you're going to do it wrong you know i think people put so much into decisions that they don't make a decision because oh, i'm afraid i'm going to do it wrong i'm going to get it wrong there really is no wrong you know and sure you're going to do things that don't try the way you want, that just teaches you to do it differently. And so nothing is wasted. Everything becomes a lesson. So you can't really do it wrong. You're going to learn what you need to learn. It's really just how are you going to learn it? And um, yeah, there, there just isn't a way to do it wrong. Yes, I would try to listen to your intuition because that's the way you're going to be guided to do it more joyfully, you know, to have things turn out in a happier way to learn lessons through happiness rather than in grief but I have to say that some of the biggest lessons that stick with you the longest are the ones that you learn through grief you know we've all been there we all do things that um were painful and the lessons learned around that stick with you more than anything else so um you know that it's all good and we have to just do the best we can and and realize that that's all we can do we can do the best we can every day and that's it you know, there's people that beat themselves up every day. You know, I should do more, I should do better, or I could have done, you know, no. In that moment, you did the best you can with what you have, and you don't have a lot of time sometimes to, mm. to figure it out. And you just have to, you know, do what your heart says in that moment and um, be happy with that because that's, that's all anybody can do. So one thing I've noticed just as um, in my own professional work as a psychotherapist, you know, one of the patterns I see a lot is just people being really hard on themselves. And there's this theme of perfectionism and needing to do everything right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe pushing down the voice, right, that is telling them or guiding them. Um, what would you say would be the best thing for people, um, or maybe advice that you could give to learn to 
recognize that they're doing the best they can in this moment and they're on the right path because that's what they're doing or tuning into their own intuition. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to take a few minutes to meditate. It doesn't have to be long, you know, even 15 minutes, you know, maybe once or twice a day. It's enough to kind of center you and, and change your energy. And if you're finding you're getting, you know, an anxiety attack or something, I always say, come back to this present moment. What are you doing right in this moment? And stay 3D for a few minutes. What am I doing right here and now? Focus on that with, with intention and love put love into whatever you're doing, even if you're doing laundry or something, you know, put love into all that laundry you're doing. And, you know, that brings you back to a center where that's all there is. There's now. And it brings you back and focus on that. And then the other stuff falls away. And that's all we can really live in is the now and the present moment. So yes, I feel the best is always yet to come. So that gives, always puts hope into the future because otherwise, why would we get up in the morning? Um, but now is all we can live in, in experience. So stay present, stay now and do the best you can in that moment. And worrying about what you did yesterday or tomorrow, that is just kind of attracting more negativity in the present moment. So stop that if you can and just, you know, what am I doing here now? Focus on that. And if you need something else to think about, think about something that's happy you know, think about what's coming up for you. Do you have a birthday coming up or what did you do at Christmas? That was really, really nice. And um, think about that and then back to what you're doing. And you can't do the two at once, the worrying and that at the same time. So I think that's a good way to get out of it. And so there's a lot under that to maybe unpack. And so I'm wondering if you could touch on a little bit more what you mentioned, um, staying in 3D. What, is, what does that mean versus um, maybe 5D? Um, well, I'm just kind of saying get out of your mind and, and what are you physically doing at that moment? You know, we're, we're usually doing something, we're, we're walking or we're doing dishes or we're, you know, reading something or, or you know, we're just doing something physical. So I would say, do that, you know, if you're having an anxiety attack, if you do some mundane chore, sometimes it just takes you out of your mind and into putting your energy into what's present in front of you. Hmm. So more getting into the physical body. Yeah, yeah, for that moment to help center you and ground you. Mm -hmm. Now, are there certain practices that you would recommend for someone to say, stay in the present moment? I know you mentioned like things like doing the dishes or um, but getting out of that, that worry mind or mm -hmm. that overthinking, that overanalyzation mm -hmm. mind that I think many, many of us can get into. Um, what are some of the, your favorite things to, to do to, to get present? I think my most important thing is to realize that I'm the observer of what I'm thinking. I'm not just having random thoughts come in and I can't do anything about it because that observer can go, wait a minute, I, I'm not liking what I'm feeling with these thoughts. I better change it. So realizing you have that power, number one, you're not just pick, you're not just picking things up uh, randomly and you can choose what you're allowing to stay and, and work on yourself. So I would just catch yourself and if you get vigilant with it and get in the habit of doing it and it takes, you know, it takes a while, it takes a month or so, but you can do it. You know, you keep catching yourself going down that 
tra trail of, you know, thoughts that aren't making you feel good, stopping yourself, just face stop in your head, you know, and don't beat yourself up. Oh, I just did it again. <laughs> no, you just stop. And then you go to the present moment and think about something good, something happy, and that will attract more happy thoughts. And so it changes. But, you know, what happens is that you start catching yourself faster. You're not doing it for 10 minutes. You're doing it for, you know, one minute. And the, the points of catching yourself become farther apart. So eventually you just start attracting better thoughts. And, you know, sure, we all, we all have a day where something happens and we're doing that. But, you know, it gets better and better. And you just have to be the observer of your mind, the one in control. And when you start to control your mind, it gives you amazing power. Um, I learned when I was in my, I think I was only around 30. And I used to have like this monologue would be going on all the time, talking to myself. And I remember doing housework or something. I thought, just stop. I don't want to listen to this anymore. Mm -hmm. Just stop. And I did that process. I just kept catching myself and stopping it. And then... You know, I don't even know when it happened, but I caught myself eventually doing the same thing. You know, my kids are going to school. I'm doing some health work and I'm like, oh, it's gone. I don't even know when it left, but it's gone. I'm in silence. It's beautiful. You know, I started enjoying it. And to this day, um, you know, I'm more in silence than I am in chatter. Um, I'm not one of those people that puts music on a whole lot. I like music and I enjoy it, but I like quiet. I like mm. the peace and quiet too. And so many times, you know, even my husband will say, you know, oh, what are you thinking about? He's like, um, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> and I think people don't believe me when I say that, but I'm not. I'm just here doing whatever. And there is nothing else right now. And, or what are your plans? And what you plan for a day? Um, I don't know. You know, I'm getting dressed and you, you know, and it's just, it falls into place. I don't have to think about it anymore. It'll just take care of itself. And you kind of learn to trust that too. That sounds like such a beautiful experience. Um, just being able to go from, you know, what one might also call the monkey mind or just, exactly. you know, that, um, yeah, the overanalyzation to just being present. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, so how do you think that the um, your near-death experience led you to be more present with yourself? And what would you say that it, it taught you overall? Well, it just it really taught me to to trust and to know that there's a better place. I think one of the one of the themes in my life has been that you know we can't settle for the way things are are you know i look around and people would accept well this is as good as it gets no we can do better this world can be better we can do better and we have to bring that energy up and so i think i've said so many times if you accept something you know it's good to accept what is but we also need to realize we can change it and we can improve things we do have that power and that's what i mean when i tell people to think for themselves and not just you know, follow blindly what people say to do, because, you know, that leads to unhappiness, you know, you have to question things and have it make sense for you, there's things out there that just insult your soul, and it's like, no, <laughs> you have to um, put
put your put your heart into what you're doing. And so what would be the best way to um, for someone listening, you know, to really trust that, you know, they are doing what's best for them rather than what, say, the mainstream is doing? There's a small part inside. I think you just have to take the quiet time to listen because I think it's always there. You know the truth when you hear it. You might get the chills. You might, you know, it, it's just there. And I think that's why so many people that I've had for readings in the past, you know, they just come in and they, they have something going on. And when I can tell them what their truth is, instantly almost it's like then it's confirmed for them then they'll trust that they got the right message but they knew it all along i'm not telling them something that deep inside they didn't know they just want someone to verify it so when they can come in and i can tell them the decision that is best for them or that their higher self is saying to me this is <laughs> this is the one you should choose and they're like oh thank god i thought i was all crazy and doing it wrong it's like no <laughs> I wouldn't tell I wouldn't pick that up if it was wrong you know so mm -hmm. I'm telling them something that deep down inside they know they just they're not trusting and so um tell tell us a little bit about you know your spiritual insights that you receive and how did you learn to start tuning into those um like I said my guy talked to me when I was really young so it was an everyday thing. He would just came and started talking and telling me things. And I questioned him at first when I was young. And I said, you know, is everything you say the truth? And he got really excited and happy. And he said, oh, I'm so glad you asked me that, you know, um, kind of like I was testing him. And I did test him, actually, even when I was really young. He told me, told me something. And I thought, well, if I do it, I'll never know if he was right or wrong. You know, it was a situation. He said, well, you know, this is going to happen if you do that. And I thought, but if I don't do that, I'll never know that you were telling me the truth. So I did opposite of what he said. And it happened, like he said. So then I knew he was right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he was really happy. So, I mean, you have to feel comfortable with the message. It has to ring true. It has to have that feeling that you know somewhere inside that it's true number one but I would just try to meditate clear your mind and ask for messages you know your guides and angels want to work with you but they do need an invitation they want to see that you're willing and open to it they aren't going to just start coming feeding you things when you're not ready for it so I often find that putting a question out there to start is really good something that's important that you would like to know put it out there you might not get it instantly, but in the next couple of days or a week, um, it may be when you're doing dishes or showering or just getting up in the morning, but something will pop in at an opportune moment when your head is kind of clear or your kind of or your conscious mind is busy. And, you know, you'll get a message and it'll be the right answer. It will just come in quickly and you'll go, oh, that's the right answer. Thank you. Mm. You know, so. I always say put it out there and don't be surprised if it comes over the next week, but know and trust that that answer will be there. It really is that simple. We make things complicated here. Put it out to your guides in the universe and say, I need the answer to this. Let me know 
and it will show up. And so what is your experience with the signs that they might give you as far as like when you do put that question out there, <laughs> is it um, how might they receive, how might someone receive the messages or how can they ask to receive a clear answer? Well, for me, like it would just be thoughts, the idea or the answer would come into your head. Um, that's a, that's the most common way I would say. So, you know, you're randomly doing the dishes and all of a sudden the question you put up, the answer pops into your head and you're not thinking about that at the time, you know, and so you kind of realize, oh, where'd that come from? But you know, it's the right answer. So often it's just coming in those random thoughts at those opportune moments. But, you know, there are signs I've got my mom passed in 97 and she used to drop dimes for me everywhere. I started finding dimes everywhere. And finally I thought, okay, this is more than a coincidence. This has got to be my mom dropping these dimes for me. And I started asking my siblings, you know, my sisters and brothers, like, you have been finding dimes everywhere. Oh yeah, I've been finding dimes everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, they, they try to communicate in, in these ways with us and we have to pay attention. I've heard people find feathers. Sometimes they um, send butterflies if you're outside a lot. And they just try to give you a sign that, hey, you know, I'm around you. I know what's going on. I'm still here. Mm. And um, yeah, there's a variety of ways. And so it's just that gives a little bit more reassurance. Like they're, you know, recognizing that they're there and around you and supporting mm -hmm. you. Oh, and sure. And, I, and, and the dimes would show up in random places. You know, I, I went into the uh, place I was working the one time and went into the room where I was going to do some readings and right in the middle of the floor, there's a shiny dime. It's like, okay, hi mom, you're going to help me today. <laughs> <laughs> so they would show up in really obvious, you know, places where I, I feel like I'd passed over before and it wasn't there, but it would just appear there suddenly. Um, I was at my sister's one time and I forget what happened. We were sitting in the room for quite a while. And then suddenly there's this dime in the middle of the floor in the middle of the carpet on the floor and we're like that couldn't have been there before we would have seen it you know and it just shows up in the middle of places or um when you need it one time I really I was looking for change my son wanted a hot dog I was out somewhere and I thought oh, I don't need cash with me I was digging in my purse for change and then on the floor of the car I'm like oh there's a dime and I had exactly with the dime enough money for what he needed and <laughs> I was like thanks mom <laughs> So things like that just happen and you know, it's, it's guiding and it's all good. Mm. That sounds really beautiful. Just being able to, you know, just look for those signs and, and, you know, um, I maybe ask that question or maybe some support, but feeling connected with the other realm, um, in, in those times. So it, I'm also hearing though, too, that when someone asks a question, it might not show up for a couple days or or however long it needs to mm -hmm. but when they're quiet when they get present that's when those answers typically will come in exactly it's it's when your conscious mind's a little bit busy like i said showering or doing dishes or something your conscious mind's thinking but not too hard mm -hmm. um and that leaves room for them to slip a message in and so that's kind of like a, a light meditative state or a light hypnotic state. And often when you're just coming out of sleep as well, that's another time, you know, when you're just waking up, 
you can hear something at that point as well. I've gotten messages off in that time of day as well. Mm. And I'm also hearing too that when you, when someone would let go, so they ask a question and then let go of that. Yeah. And it's about trust as well. You know, when I was on the other side in my experience, everything I thought I wanted to know, I couldn't even finish the question in my head and the answers were boom, they were coming in before I could even think the whole question. And it just continues here on a expanded level. I mean, the time lag is huge here, but it's the same process. We don't have to, you know, worry that we can't have the answers. And that's why I think we don't have to work so hard. We can just put it out there and it will show up. And if you trust that process, you know, the right book gets handed to you, you know, the right person starts talking about something. You're like, oh, that's just what I needed. And if you trusted those answers, just they show up everywhere. You hear it on the radio, you know, um, yeah, if the right song comes on. It's just mm. something that it's everywhere. They will use everything and everywhere to show you that your answers are always there. And it also sounds like that is really just being in the flow. It is. It, it is being in the flow and trusting. And um, yeah, I mean, I had I had a thing happen. I wrote about it in my book that, you know, there was a day years ago where I thought, I don't know why, but I, I, I had I read conversations with God. I love those that series. And um, so I signed up and every day I get a message in an email from his book and I read the message that morning and it said oh there's a book that you need to read um just waiting for you to read it I was like oh cool because I read a lot so and then I kept thinking through that whole morning I need to go visit my friend her name was Cindy I need to go visit her and um I called her up and said okay I think I have time to stop in I have something else to do I'll stop in so I stopped in we had a, a tea or coffee and she said oh before you go I have this book for you and she hands me a book and the book was called um, When Everything Changes, Change Everything by Neil Donald Walsh. <laughs> so his message told me there was a book for me and it was his book. Mm, and I went to her place and she handed me this book before I left. And I was going through major changes at the time. And so the name of the book was When Everything Changes, Change Everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> this couldn't be more like a, you know, a bop in the head here. So. That's just such a beautiful example of, you know, when you listen to your intuition or listen to your guides that come up, it'll lead you to where you need to be. And it sounds like you were able to tune into that and just trust. You know, and, and it was so incredible that, you know, he gave the message and the book was by him and the title was very, it was just, you know, it's like those stories you hear and you think people are like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. But in my life, it's like those things happen all the time. <laughs> Mm. And it can become that way for people if they allow it and they follow it. Mm. You know, if I hadn't gone to her house today, a lot of people would have thought, oh, yeah, why do I feel that and not gone? Mm -hmm. The magic wouldn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds like you've really tuned into that trust, um, which is such a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, just getting out of the mind and getting into the body, um, getting mm -hmm. into spirit, getting into alignment. Um, the present moment will leave you there. It's true. Your body's an extension of, of your spirit. And I think, you know, your solar plexus should get those feelings. The yes, the no, the butterflies, that kind of thing. 
it's all fine-tuned to to our spirit if we pay attention to that as well so can you say a little bit more about that as far as like tuning into that yes or no in the body and what that might um how that might act as a barometer yeah you know if we if we have something coming up that we need to do or we're questioning should we do it sit and feel how does it feel thinking about doing it does it give you this tight ugh, feeling about it which in any case I would say probably should not do it the answer should be no or does it feel expansive like yeah that feels good and you almost feel excited about it you know the answer is yes with that so I mean those feelings extend from spirit into your body that way and you can pay attention that way as well and you know that's what they say your solar plexus is kind of the gateway to those feelings does it tighten up or does it feel relaxed and and give you an expansive feeling and so one of the things I've seen also with my work as a psychotherapist is that many people are disconnected from their bodies and so trying to connect them back into, well, what is the sensation? What is the feeling that they're having? Um, and really connecting with that and the sensations and what their body is attuned to. So I'm wondering what is your best experience or maybe uh, something that someone can do to help them tune into their body and the physical sensations that they have more so? Well, I would say that you need to be still. You need to take that meditative time and listen and be still because when you're doing something, you're too uh, tense. You're not paying attention. You need to take your mind off of anything else and just sit and feel how is my body feeling and try to relax your body as well because when we're tense about something, those aren't your true feelings either. We have to let go and relax and allow... Um, allow yourself to feel what is there in your solar plexus. You know, if you're tight in the shoulders and you're tight everywhere, you're not going to be feeling that because you're paying too much attention everywhere else. So it's really about relaxing and clearing the mind and getting out of the mind and then focusing the mind on, on the feelings in the body. But it has to be at a still resting time. It can't be, you know, when you're walking around or doing something. Hmm. So what would be the best um, thing that you would recommend for someone to get into that relaxed state? Uh, I would, I would just try to meditate, try to clear your mind. Um, and if you can't do that on your own, if you're a beginner and you have trouble clearing your mind, I would try to listen to maybe some 528 Hertz um, meditative music. You know, there's so many on YouTube now um, and just listen to that for a few minutes until you can get into that relaxed state and clear your mind or maybe um, a short focus uh, guided meditation where you're listening to something. So that again, takes your mind out of your own, um, you know, problems or worries and into, you know, a little journey or something that is positive and that can clear your mind as well. Great, well, thank you for that. I know that's, that can be really helpful just for someone maybe just starting out and trying to get connected with their, their selves, themselves and their guides or their intuition. Um, mm -hmm. So tell, tell us a little bit about the work you do with clients. It sounds like you do some past life regression and quantum touch. Um, how might this help someone heal? Well, um, the past life is very interesting. I, I, I love what I do with that because 
everyone's so different and um, finding out about the past is very healing for what's going on in your life today. I've learned that the people only remember lifetimes that have something to do with this life. Like they're going to be people involved in the past life that are in this life or situations that are similar. Um, so there's always a reason for remembering what you remember. Um, some of us have lived many lifetimes and I'm sure there's many that just have nothing to do with this life. We're not going to remember those. We're going to remember the ones that have something uh, to do with this life. So it answers a lot of questions for people. You know, why do I have this horrible relationship with, you know, a parent or a sibling or someone in your life? And when you see the past and, and what you've been through together before, you can often just see it and go, oh, that explains so much. <laughs> um, so we're given these chances over and over again with people and with situations to correct and to learn more and to experience it a different way. And, you know, if we want to improve something, we come back and we'll have, you know, this person that was maybe a parent be a sibling or we'll have them in some other capacity in our lifetime just so we have the opportunity to love them and know them in a different way and to make peace maybe with whatever happened in the past. But often when, when the relationship is rocking and you can't figure out why, you know, what is the dynamic here? It's crazy, but I can't, there's no reason for it. Um, that's when the past life regression answers all the questions because it's like, oh, that's what we went through. No wonder, you know, I have this resentment still here that I couldn't place anywhere. And it really helps to heal that situation because then you, the mystery's not there anymore and you can kind of put it in the past where it belongs and let it go finally. It's hard to let something go when you don't even know where it's coming from. <laughs> it's part of the healing process to, to know at least why it's there. That really helps to let it go. So how might someone... Uh, realize if, if they need a past life regression or maybe it's something that is triggering them from this lifetime? I think one of the key factors is that they can't answer the questions in this life. You know, there's, they have feelings about this relationship and they don't know where it's coming from because maybe in this life, there's no reason to have this animosity or resentment or whatever, but it's there. It's unmistakably there and they can't figure it out. That is usually a reason that people will come in or there's something that's triggering them to have these feelings and emotions and they can't figure out why, you know, or, or the event that triggered it in this lifetime, the person even knows, you know, I'm completely overreacting, but I can't help myself. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And if they see the past, they will realize, okay, now I know why this is so upsetting to me. It reminds me of this. And consciously, they don't remember, but subconsciously, they're having huge red flags and huge emotions around the issue. So to find out the past is very helpful to let it go, to just realize, okay, it's in the past. I don't have to worry about it now. It's over and I can heal it. What the little bit that's here, I can heal and I can let the rest go. And so what, what does a past life regression session look like? Um, it looks like a lot of relaxing. I, I work with people to get them into that relaxed state. And hypnosis is um, focused attention. So 
you at no time are unconscious or don't remember what's going on. It's just that you're very um, in tune to your inner world and listening to my voice. So you would have your eyes closed and be relaxed. And you know, if you're ever watching a movie and you're very um, into it and you're just so engrossed in it, somebody comes in, they start talking, you, you kind of know they're there, but you don't hear them. Um, it's the same thing. So you're so focused on uh, the process of what we're doing um, in your inner world and going on this journey to the past that, you know, you still hear the traffic or the sounds around you. You're just not interested in them. They just fade away. And so you remember everything and you're conscious of what I'm saying. I'm just there to guide and facilitate the process of, you know, so you don't have to think, okay, where do I go next? I'm going to help you get there without thinking so that you can focus all your attention on what you're seeing, what you're feeling and what, you know, where you are in that, in that inner world. And um, most regressions take about two hours and they often, I would say the average is two lifetimes in the past. And I've also learned that sometimes I can take them into the future somewhat as well, which is fun. Some people want that. And I've had a few people say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so depending on what they want, um, but there's no time. So they can often just go into the future and see something, some little thing that's um, going to happen or change in their life. And it's very interesting. So <laughs> when you say there's no time, what do you mean by that? Well, time is kind of relative. We're always in the present moment, but um, we can get glimpses of the future and we can, we can see the past. And, um, you know, I asked about that in my experience on the other side and they kind of said, you know, it's, they call it God's eternal now. That's where we live in God's eternal now. And they couldn't really explain it. It's, it's almost like you can visit the past from there. You can visit the future. It's like you can visit any time, but you're still present in whatever now is, is going on. And so it doesn't exist the same way. And it's the same with, um, but even here, really now is all that exists. And we can visit the future and visit the past. And, you know, I believe that there's some things that are predetermined by us. I've learned, you know, I saw the viewing room in my memories. I've, I've seen the viewing room where we plan our lifetime here. And sometimes there's a lot of details and sometimes there's a lot of choices left here. So there's things that are definitely going to happen and there's things that we can change or we can decide while we're here. Mm -hmm. And so I feel there's some things we can uh, determine here and some things that are just going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. You've already chosen that. You've already decided. Um, and, and that in no way means that we haven't chosen it. We've just chosen it on a different level and we haven't remembered choosing it while we're here. So it sounds like maybe some pieces of we've got that free will, but mm -hmm. then there is that part of our life path that we are destined to create or um, go through those experiences. Yeah, and those were chosen by by ourselves. You know, we agreed to certain things. I, I came here to, you know, you decide from there, well, I want to learn about this. I want to experience that. And so we do choose certain things. So um, certain people, you know, spouses, children, that kind of thing. Sometimes those are pre-chosen as well. So um, those things, 
may seem like you don't have a choice here, but we did choose it on some level. We chose it ahead of time. And how can you tell the difference between what I have choice over and what I maybe is predestined in what we chose before we came down here? Well, it's just the things that are pre-chosen, they're just going to happen. You know, we're not going to be able to avoid it. If we're going to meet somebody, we're going to meet them. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe you won't meet them. You know, it might take a couple of tries, but the universe will arrange it. It's just going to happen. So there's no question about it. Even when I chose to come back from my experience, they showed me my mom crying over my hospital bed and I felt her pain and grief. So I said, oh, I have to go back. I can't let her do that. So I came back, you know, and at that point, they still had to take me back into the OR and, and do packing. I was still started hemorrhaging again. And my mom was like, well, don't be afraid. And I remember thinking, afraid of what? You know, like I was so young, but I had no fear whatsoever because I had chosen, like, I think she was afraid I still wasn't going to make it. And I remember thinking, but I chose to come back. So there's no question I'm going to be fine because mm -hmm. I chose, you know, it was just predetermined and I had no worries or fear whatsoever about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's really, that's a beautiful thing to come back to because then it really solidifies that idea that we can trust and we are in the right place at the right time going through what we truly need to. Yeah, and you know, no matter what it looks like, I think that's one of the messages I've been getting lately, because you look around and think, oh, the world's a mess right now, everything's crazy. Do not pay attention to what it looks like right now, is what I keep getting. It's like, trust and know this is changing, and change looks like the pockets through, but it will settle quickly, you know, and do not pay attention to what other things appear. Trust your vision, trust um, the process and trust that everything is getting better. And so we can't pay attention, you know, to uh, the news or, or what it looks like or the fear, the things that keep being brought up about fear this and fear that. And, you know, all these horrible things are coming up. It's like, no, let it go. Don't even focus on it. Mm. Um, and just know that it will get better. And the less we focus on those things, the better, actually. Mm. And so, collectively there is a lot of things going on and so I know a lot of people are paying attention to the news or you know those things and that is creating a lot of fear and anxiety oh. and so turn yeah. it off <laughs> turn off the news um yeah and and go within because we create our reality our own reality and we have to learn to do that um from within you know, as you know, it's, you know, be the love, be the peace. It starts within. We mm. can't have that reality around us living in fear of oh, what's coming. What should I do? Um, that's not how we bring peace about. We have to be um, peaceful within and trusting within and living in love and knowing mm. that now it's all we have. This moment's perfectly fine and they will continue to be as long as I stay here in it. So say a little bit more about that as far as how the internal um, manifests the external, how, you know, what's happening within is a, you know, a collective without, if that makes sense. It is. And, and it's difficult because as you said, we're a collective here. So 
the majority has to be in that space, but the majority can't get there without you. So it still always starts with you. Um, and yes, it, it is more difficult because we, we create our own reality in our, in our little bubble and that spreads out into the greater community. So, I mean, we have to teach by example. We have to do it and hopefully that energy catches on and we can share it with people and try to get them to, to be in that same place, which snowballs, you know, eventually it snowballs and the collective becomes stronger and happier and more positive. And I think it's happening. And the energy coming into the earth right now is promoting it hugely. So I, I don't think it's going to be many months before we see good things starting to happen here. So really just comes back to the individual and being the love within, because as we love ourselves, we can really, yes, snowball that out to the collective because it really does start with one person. Yeah, and, and when we make that conscious choice that I love myself enough to choose this beautiful world, how beautiful this world can be and loving this world can be, that energy goes out from us and spreads to other people. And they start seeing, you know, how come, you know, they're happy. You know, and if you if you look at things like even even in biblical times, you know, people would see Jesus, there's some horrible storm coming and he's calm and collect and living in love and peace. And they're like, what's wrong with him? You know, I think people look at the person that's calm when all this is going on and they're like, what's wrong with you? You know, nothing. You know, this is me trusting it's going to be okay. Mm. You know, everything's the way it's supposed to be for the choices that are being made. And we just have to make better choices. Mm. And so that that's beautiful. And I'd like to kind of bring it back around full circle here. How would you say that your experience with your near-death experience bring you to love? Your, the title of your book is There is Love. And how did that how does that bring you back to love and recognize that that is what we are? Well, when I first got there and stood in the light, the first thing I remember feeling was this huge love. You know, it's so overpowering and, and, and wonderful because, you know, you're coming from earth, you know, back in the sixties to, to that 5d energy. And the first thing you notice is, Oh, there's nothing negative here. There's no negativity here. And in fact, I felt like um, it didn't matter what you had done, any possible thing, it, nothing mattered. You were completely unconditionally loved, no matter what. And so how can you do it wrong here? How can you not be worthy of going there when absolutely everything unconditionally is 100% love? You can't, you know, and so it really made you realize that you know, when, and then of course I come back to the world and you hear all the religious stuff. Well, you know, there's hell in this and you're thinking in your head, like, no, <laughs> God wouldn't do that to us. You know, that's, that's you doing this to you. Um, yes. People have had hellish experiences and they exist because people have been bought into it. People have believed into it and, and feel unworthy and get told they're unworthy and believe they're unworthy. And so, only say the words and you should, shall be healed. Have the thought and you're healed. So it's really, um, you know, believing that that's all there is. Believe in beautiful things. Believe in magic. Love is magic. Life is magic. Look around you. Mm. Being alive is magic. Mm. And either everything's magic or nothing is, is mm. the way I feel. 
So, you know, choose, choose the positive and that's what your reality becomes. We don't have to choose the negative. Um, but if you do, you will experience it. That's, that's kind of the free will law that we have and everything exists. Everything is possible. So every experience is possible. And people say, you know, why does this happen? Why would God let us experience this? Because in order for life to exist at all, everything had to exist. The, the possibility and potential for everything had to exist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where free will comes in. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we have to choose it. Mm -hmm. But because you can, people will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Somebody's going to do it um, just because you can. Um but it all had to exist or nothing could, you know, otherwise life would be limited and God's not limited. Life is unlimited and every, every possibility had to be there. So just be wise and realize nothing can happen against our free will. Mm. We just give our power away way too much. Too mm. that, that's really beautiful to, you know, because it is, it, it's all about what we focus on grows. And so where we put our energy grows, but then coming back to that idea that, we have choice in this. So we get to choose where we want to put our focus on because, exactly. you know, it all exists together. Exactly. And, and that's how it works. You know, I, I do talk about that in my book because, you know, I've crossed over a lot of spirits from, you know, lost ones, I call them, and they've died. And believe it or not, a lot of spirits have died and not realized that they crossed over or that they, they passed. And, people think well how is that possible because uh, I think we have in our minds oh dying must be some traumatic experience you know there's definitely a line you cross no not if you're in a quick accident not if you are sick and you die in your sleep <laughs> you know it's like you fell asleep and you woke up hmm. you still feel like you you don't understand sometimes that you've actually um gone out of your body and so I've crossed spirits over a lot and there's been ones that feel they're very negative and that's because they believed it you know they bought into the the you know people telling them that in their lifetime or negative spirits telling them after you know um and they've just believed it they've believed it you know there's been stories I've heard where children were told well you burn in hell they've experienced that but they got themselves out of it by doubting and saying you know what if that wasn't true what if they're lying and then pulling themselves gradually out of it. And next thing you know, they're standing in that same light, realizing it doesn't matter what you do. You deserve the light. We are the light. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about our belief system. I, mm -hmm. I crossed one spirit over that wouldn't go to the light because she said that her husband killed himself. And everyone had told her he must be in hell. Mm -hmm. And so she wouldn't go to heaven. To the light because she said her husband wouldn't be there hmm. they all said he's in hell and she didn't want to go to hell but she was afraid to go to heaven because he wouldn't be there and so i had to talk her into it you know he's probably in the light he's probably waiting for you and there's no you know there's no reason to believe that so i finally got her to cross over and go into the light hmm. so you can see that these negative beliefs really impact people's experiences and people pick up things whether they try to believe it or not it kind of seeps into the subconscious somewhere but i realized then that you know religion didn't do many favors telling these people that their loved ones in hell 
or you know your baby didn't get baptized therefore they didn't go to heaven mm. who tells somebody that yeah. <laughs> who does that you know what is wrong with these people mm-hmm. um yeah so people that fear that you know they're, they're innocent baby that they lost or something isn't on the other side i'm telling you they're in the light Mm. they are definitely in the light um and they're waiting for you Mm. there's no question about it what a beautiful gift to be able to offer someone to really help them transition over and recognize that they belong there they belong in the light where i think yeah we are told or taught you know if you sin you're you know in what they call a sin you know um that they're not going to be deserving of the light um but that's you, know, sounds- you have to look at it as as yeah i mean people meant well back in the day but we have to realize the harm that it does we have to now graduate and see the harm that those ideas give and the bad experiences that people have had. And of course, that was the plan. I think that a lot of the religions have really used it to control people. You know, if you do this, nothing good happens if you do that. So they control what you do by what they tell you. And we have to take our power back and realize, no, we have to be our own sovereign being. We have to be our own free will. And we have to do the best we can with that. But we can't, um, or we don't have to believe that, that, you know, there's hell and burning and negativity and all these horrible things because it doesn't have to be that way. And we don't need to have that experience. I love that, you know, just coming back to our sovereignty and recognizing that we, we really are the empowered beings and we have the, the potential to be as powerful as we want to be and that we can be and that the answers are truly within ourselves and not outside. We don't have other people dictating what we should deserve or don't deserve um, and that we, we are sovereign. So. Well, exactly. You know, they're, they're God the, to me is the all that, you know, we're part of that all and everything that exists is God. And there is no judgment. There's nobody that sits in judgment of you except you. Mm. And we are the hardest beings on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And even with karma, you know, karma is not a um, punishment for things you've done. Karma is something we choose to accept or not accept. You know, when we're in that viewing room and you're offered, oh, you know, you have the chance to redo this or, or get the opposite of what you dished out that lifetime. We have the choice to say, no, you know what? I forgive myself. I'm good. Hmm. We do not have to accept it, but often we do because we feel so bad and so guilty. Oh, well, I won't forgive myself until I go back and experience the opposite of what I did. We don't have to do that. Let it go. In fact, I say let it go because going back and experiencing the opposite means someone else has to be in your position and they're going to be in choosing karma's position. And so, no, let it go. Let it all hmm. go. Forgive yourself, forgive everybody else, and let it go. And beyond forgiveness, there's let's not judge things in the first place. If we can, if if we can just not judge things, then we don't have things to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're a far cry from that right now. So um, the best thing is to forgive it all, let it go, and don't choose any karma. It's not something forced on you. Mm-hmm. And, and then, we're not victims. We're never victims. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that victim mentality. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We are not victims of our circumstances, but we have more power than we realize. And, you know, just going into that, like, you know, that idea of uh, that guilt and shame, which really runs, you know, rampant in, in our culture and, you know, coming back to, you know, we're, we're, we're sovereign. We're, we don't, you know, not, you know, that whole idea of shame is like, we're bad, right? I am bad. Mm. That's kind of what the root of shame is and recognizing that, you know, we don't have to buy into the, the shame or the guilt and mm. forgive, um, truly forgive. Cause that's, that's where I think true sovereignty and, and healing can come from is just being able to forgive ourselves and others because recognizing we're all on that path. We're all creating together and we are all doing the best we can. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's just healthy to let it go. And, you know, sure. You might say, yeah, if I get in that position again, I would do it differently. And really that's all you need you don't really need to punish yourself for anything or to experience the opposite of it. Just looking at it and going, yeah, I could have done better and I will do better mm-hmm. <laughs> next time around, but I don't need to punish myself in any way. I don't need to feel what that was like. Um, you can, you can imagine or feel it basically without having to redo on a lifetime of doing it. And it can be just as simple as that. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So Deborah, I'm wondering, um, you mentioned a few messages that you've received recently from your guides. I'm wondering if there's anything, any other messages that you've received that you want to share with our listeners that might be helpful for, for whoever's listening and on their journey. Um, well, the one was really about, you know, turning off the news and not paying attention to, like I said, the turmoil that you see and going within and staying in a joyful place if you can and trusting because that's kind of we're seeing the past here like that lag time we have in 3d reality is we're seeing the past we're seeing all the stuff that got stirred up you know last month is what we're visioning or seeing in front of us now so live in joy now so then a month from now we'll be living in this peace we're creating now um so definitely don't pay any attention to um, the fear that's going around right now. And the other thing is stay present, enjoy, enjoy today. You know, those are the biggest messages I've been getting lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that things can change fast, believe that things will change quickly. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you. And so tell us for the listeners who um, want to find out more, um, is there anything that you're currently working on and how can someone find you? Oh, they can find us on Facebook. We're on Mystic Muse. That's our page and our business here in in, uh, Camp Verde. And um, yeah, so come visit us. We have the shop here and you can come in for reading. David's doing a lot of the readings. Um, Come in and chat with us. And um, my book is on Amazon and I have the CD. Um, not sure. You can go to the website. We have a Mystic Muse, um, mysticmuseonline.com. Um, I think, what is our website? Mysticmuseonline.com is our website. If you go there, uh, we have links for all of our books. This is my book and um, David has three books as well. 
so yeah, we have a lot of information. I have a blog, uh, Deborah Christie Love, uh, WordPress at WordPress. No, Deborah Christie Love .wordpress.com. Uh, so I do have a blog with a lot of experiences. Um, quite a few that aren't in the book um, are on my blog. So I, I try to um, write a bit. Well, some things that are going on here, but a lot of uh, strange experiences I've had that are just kind of everyday for me, but maybe extraordinary or, or unusual. Um, they're on they're on my blog. So. Okay, wonderful. And I will go ahead and post those in the show notes as well, so people can have easy access to your information. So thank you so much, Deborah, for being here with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I've had a great time. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for sharing your experiences with us. I know it'll be very helpful for the listeners. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. And if you guys like the show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. All right. We love you. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Take care. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.